Welcome to the Parenting with Play podcast. I'm so pleased you're here. This week, we're going to talk about one of the most common fears that comes up when I talk about play, particularly when I talk about responding playfully to when your child is being challenging. Because one of the big fears that comes up is, am I rewarding my child by responding playfully when they're being annoying? And if so, does that then mean that they're then going to be continue to use that behavior deliberately, knowing that they're going to get a playful response from you. So let's dive in and explore that a bit more this week. I'm Helena Mooney, and if you're wanting practical, respectful and effective strategies to help transform your everyday parenting challenges with connection and fun, then you're in the right place. Let's dive in. Responding playfully to your child when they're being annoying is such a different way of responding to children to how you would have been treated to how many most other people really treat their children and respond in those challenging moments. So it can be really hard to get our heads around that actually play is helpful and it's getting to the heart of the issue. And actually, it's probably one of the best things that you can do. Because chances are your parents did not respond playfully when you were being challenging, when you were being annoying. And obviously you've learned how to parent whilst you were being parented, whilst you were a little child. So it can take quite a bit of a mind shift to really get into the view that, yeah, play is actually really helpful. So if you are struggling with this, I so get it. I so understand. And you'll probably have times when you can respond really playfully and other times when it's just really, really hard. And often in those really, really hard times, that's when the little voice starts to crop up or somebody else might be going, well, why are you doing that? Because, and those times, that's when those fears that intellectually you might, know how to counter but those emotional fears that start to come up and they're deep because they're going counter to how you were treated and one of those fears is am I going to make my child manipulate bad behavior so that they get a really loving response for me am I rewarding them with their bad behavior because I'm responding now playfully So let's go back to why you want to parent in this way. There's a reason why you're listening to this podcast. There's a reason why you're following me and no doubt many other parenting coaches on how to respond to your children in those challenging moments. And the reason generally is because you want something better for your child. You want them to know that all of their emotions are valid and welcome and can be listened to by another person in a really loving way. You want that connection with your child and you want your child to stay true to who they essentially are. I might be putting words in your mouth, but that's often what people want. They want their children to grow up confident and self-assured and knowing that they matter and being able to deal with their emotions in a really healthy way. So when we come from that sort of higher level view about why you want to parent in this way, then it's easier to then go be open to understanding why a different approach to how perhaps how you would parent it or how other parents around you parent to be open to it. And by bringing connection to those challenging moments, that is what's going to shift it because your child's behavior is determined by how they're feeling. Your child's behavior is determined by their emotions. So when they're feeling really crappy, they're going to behave in a really, really challenging way. The worse they feel, the worse they're going to behave. So you coming in then with harsh responses, perhaps putting them in time out, shouting at them, 
threatening them, you know, responding in a really sort of often aggressive, we become increasingly aggressive, don't we, as we get more and more frustrated. When we come at it from that angle, it compounds your child's stress, doesn't it? It makes them more stressed. And they can either react in two ways. They can either shut down and stop, or they can explode even more and be even more out of control. Now, when you're in the heat of the moment with your children, you might be looking at them going, oh my God, I never behaved like this. My parents would not have stood for this sort of behavior. Has, I got asked a question recently, has tantrums evolved? Have they got worse? Because their child was tantruming way more than they, the, uh, the parent, tantrumed when they were a child. And my response to that is, we are more understanding of emotions and how they do drive behavior and how important that emotions are heard and respected and listened to by those around them, those around us. So your children are growing up within that environment. They, you are giving them that space to more freely express themselves, which is a really, really good thing. It can also be a really challenging thing too. So chances are you didn't behave in some of the ways that your children are behaving now because you weren't given that space to do it. So your ch- your parents, chances are, responded quite harshly to those earlier times when you were behaving in that way and you learnt very early on that that behaviour was not going to be tolerated. There was no place for that sort of behaviour in, in the family. And children are smart. You know, we learn to, we learn to adapt to our surroundings And so if they've learned that that's not acceptable, well, then they don't do that particular behavior. But those feelings are still stuck inside of you or them and they leak out or they manifest in different ways. And just like before, they can either explode outwards and it might be leaking out in different ways. So they might not hit the sister, but they might take it out on somebody at school or it might internalize. And instead of taking it out on the sister, they start to sort of berate themselves and it more go more and more inwards and become more and more anxious. So what you're doing is incredible. And as much as you're able to do it is incredible. The fact that you're giving your children the space and the opportunity to fully express themselves is extraordinary. Now, I also know it's challenging. So that's why I really want to offer the practical ways of how to help your children in those moments and you in those moments. So that's why understanding what your children are actually needing in those moments then makes it understandable why play can be so brilliant. When your children are behaving badly, there's a really valid reason why they're doing so. You might not know what it is. You might not agree with it, even if they did tell you what it is. But for your child, there is a really valid reason why they're hitting their sister or lashing out or being uncooperative or whatever it is. For them, there's a really valid reason. And it chances are it's not just about that current situation. There's a whole lot of other stuff that's been building up that is now coming out in that situation, like the straw that broke the camel's back. But that's not the whole reason, the whole picture of what's going on for your child. So it's also important to remember that your child is essentially good and loving and wants to cooperate. They don't what you know, it's not in their interest to set everybody around them against them. It's in their interest to work cooperatively within the family whilst also having freedom of self-expression. So when they're not being cooperative, when they're not being good and loving, there's a really good reason why they're not doing those things. And the more stressed 
they become, the worse their behavior is going to get. So their impulse control goes. If you listen to my brain episode, it's a very simple explanation of what's going on in your child's brain. And But it really helps to explain what is going on for your children in those moments. So if you remember that the limbic system, the more the limbic system gets stressed, the emotional heart of the brain, the more the logical, rational part of the brain, the prefrontal cortex starts to go offline. So they can't think of consequences. They can't think of... Um, they can't control their impulses so much. They can't think of long, you know, their rational part of the brain is not working well. So it's in those moments that your child needs your help, not your punishment. And that's hard, isn't it? Because often it's in those moments that we want to punish them. And it can be hard to move in playfully because you're going, oh, why are you doing this? I want to punish you. But that's not helpful. It might feel momentarily satisfying for you as the parent, but it's actually not going to serve your child really well. So your child needs help. And the best way of helping somebody is to connect with them. Because once you've connected with them, then you can, it's easier to stop their behavior, to then understand what's driving that behavior, and then to guide them into a different direction and to help them with the feelings that are driving that behavior. So you can't help, you can't stop them effectively, guide them, teach them um, and support them well if you don't connect with them first. And so what's one of the best ways to connect with our children? It's play. So obviously not always. There will be times when play is not appropriate, when your children are in the thick of their upset feelings and listening to upsets and tantrums is the best course of action. But I reckon eight times out of 10, play is going to be one of the best things that you can do in those moments. And moving in early is going to help those situations so much more rather than waiting to hope that it magically improves. And, oh, God, I'll just get to it into a, you know, into a minute when I finish making dinner or whatever it is. If you can move in early with connection, with play, you're going to stop that whole cycle escalating and getting really out of control because there's always signs there's always signs that your child is off track, that there's something's going to happen. And when it gets to the hitting stage or the throwing something across the room stage, that sort of much further down the track, there's always earlier indications. You're the best person to know your child. You know your child the best. And you know when they're, they're startly, starting to go awry. So when you start to notice those signs, move in early and move in with play. Because you do need to stop your child when they're behaving aggressively or in a difficult way. And those early indications are going to show you that it's that they are going to escalate to that if you don't leave it unchecked. So you do need to step in because it's not helpful for your child or for the children or people around them when your children are in the thick of those upset feelings and are behaving in those difficult ways. Your child absolutely needs stopping. And I think a fear is that which I'm going to address in more detail in another podcast is, is this a permissive way of being with our children? And the answer to that is no, because you're actually moving in with limits. Children do need limits, especially when they're not thinking well. And they're not thinking well, clearly, when they've got to the point of aggressive behavior or lashing out or just being really antsy. So you do need to move in and stop the challenging behavior but you can move in lovingly. You don't have to move in harshly. Um, one of the th things, and one of the videos that I watched of Patty Whitfler from Hand in Hand, and I cried watching it, was she described how to say no. And you can say no in the same way that you say, the sky is blue. 
It doesn't have to have that edge to it. It doesn't have to be mean or harsh or punishing. It can just be no. And just the same way as saying no, you can move in with play and with love and a desire to connect in those challenging moments. Because what happens when you move in with play? Well, first of all, you connect clearly and often you connect physically, which can then lead to greater connection emotionally. Physical touch is so important in regulating our body, your children's body. It's so important in calming your children's nervous system down. Touch, physical touch releases the beautiful love hormone, oxytocin. And so when your child is feeling loved and loving, then their their emotions are starting to calm down and their difficult behavior will naturally start to diminish. So you can move in with a vigorous snuggle, which is a just, this is a hand in hand one. I love it. You just move in with a beautiful cuddle and a kiss and you, you swoop them up again. Are you doing that again? And you can be playful and silly. I'm going to kiss you all over. You're bringing that beautiful connection, that beautiful physical touch, which is so needed in those moments. But, you know, the younger your child is, the more they need your cuddles. You might move in with a wrestle. This is something that's our go-to in our family. A silly cuddle or anything else which is going to help you physically reconnect with your child. Because once you're physically reconnected, it's much, much easier then to re-establish an emotional connection with them. The other thing that play does is brings about laughter, doesn't it? And laughter is a fantastic stress release. You hear me say this many, many times, but laughter is a brilliant way to release stress. And so when your child can release stress with you through laughter, they're working on the upset feelings that's driving that challenging behavior in the first place. So they need you there to have a giggle with. And it's very connecting, again, to laugh together. So your loving connection and then the opportunity for them to offload some of the stress with you is what your child actually needs. It's way more effective than punishments, threats, even rewards, time out, all of those other things that we traditionally use as punishment or as ways to teach our children are not as effective as moving in with connection, with play or with listening to upset feelings. And if you want to know more about why rewards charts are not that helpful, I'll pop a link to an earlier episode about that in the show notes. It's really helpful to know what your child actually needs and then to actually bring it. And many of these other sort of more intellectual, cognizant, sort of logical tools actually don't help because they're not getting into the heart of the emotions of what's driving your child to do that behavior in the first place. So can you see how you're not rewarding your child by bringing play? how you're actually bringing what your child actually needs in those moments. And as I said at the beginning, I know that this is not always easy. Sometimes it is. When you're in a really great place, it's like, yeah, I can be playful. This is cool. But when you're building up and it's like your child is doing this for the umpteenth time, it's totally understandable that you revert back to shouting and punishments and threats and rah, rah, rah. It's so understandable, which is why it's so important that we look after ourselves. We can't be playful when we're not feeling playful. You can't do this without looking after yourself to begin with. So it all comes back to you and what you're needing, because when your emotions are relaxed and calm, 
then you're going to be able to help your children with their emotions way, way better. And if you're stressed and rushed and and in your head, it's really hard to then want to play with your children. But it's what your children really, really need. So I suggest that you have a go-to game that you all enjoy playing regularly. For us in our family, it's the wrestling game. If, you know, things go wrong and I start to wrestle my daughter on the bed, I may throw my son on the bed and we all pile on. It's really helpful. Or I use it preemptively. There's been times when I haven't been able to get to a bed with my daughter because she's too big for me to carry around the place. So we'll do a mini wrestling game on the sofa somewhere nearby that we can have a bit of a she can work on some of her upset feelings, but while connecting with me and it just very, very quickly turns to laughter, turns to connection and that's what shifts it. And it doesn't have to take long. And actually by bringing play as your go to response If you can try and have it as your initial response rather than jumping to the threats and the punishments, if you can, you know, train yourself through practice by responding playfully more and more and more, it takes the stress out of things so much more. It makes things easier because you're not having to think of complicated punishments. Well, if they do X, then I'm going to have to do Y to them or Um, you know, how many minutes in timeout or what particular punishment is going to be big enough to convey the enormity and the importance of what my child is doing to them, that they cannot behave in that way. It takes so much of that thinkingness out of it and brings it back to basics, really. And the basics are that your children need to connect with you to feel good. And when they feel good, then they will behave really well. Your children need you to offload the stress that they're carrying that's driving that behavior. And as I said, probably eight times out of 10, play is going to be the most effective way of doing that. Now, play is not a way to jolly your children out of feeling upset and angry and what have you. It's not a way to distract them from their feelings. It's a way to connect. And so when you move in early, then you're going to be, your child is going to be much more open to responding playfully. Whereas if you leave it until they really are at the point of boiling aggression, then you might have missed your window of play. But if you move in with a desire to connect, maybe listen to feelings, then play often follows. So I hope that's allayed your fears. And I'd love to hear what goes on for you, what what comes up for you when you think about bringing play to those challenging situations. I'd also love to hear what's your go-to game. As I said, for us, it's wrestling, but you, it might not work for you. Your children might prefer something else. What's your go-to game? And have that at the forefront of your mind so that when things start to go pear-shaped, because they're going to go pear-shaped at times, it's helpful to have like, it just is like an instinct going, right, wrestling game or pillow fight or chasing game or piggybacks or I don't know, whatever it is you like to do. I'd also love to hear if you've got any other fears or thoughts that come up about using play in those challenging times. Because remember, those are your fears and thoughts are really, really valid. And the more that we can talk about them and address them, the more that you can allay them and then the freer you'll be able to be and feel about using play in those difficult times. And then you're going to notice the difference with your children and with you. It will make life much easier and much more fun. All right. So 
Try to remember to bring play as your initial response. You're not rewarding your children with bad behaviour. You're actually giving them what they need in order to be able to change and to shift out of their antsiness or whatever it is that's driving them. All right, have a great week. I'll speak to you next time. I hope you enjoyed this week's episode and you can see how you can implement what we talked about today with your children and family. Be sure to hit subscribe in your podcast app to know when each episode is released and I would love it if you could leave a review and share with your friends. And if you want to shout less and connect more, head over to parentingwithplay.com.au to download my quick guide of five simple games which you can start playing straight away. You really can transform your everyday parenting challenges with connection and fun. So have a great week and enjoy playing. Enjoy playing.